Hi, this is Austin Anderson. I'm the lead pastor of Tekoa Church. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Tekoa Church exists to see people connect to God, to find and live out their purpose. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and draws you closer to God. Well, good morning, church. Today we are finishing, wrapping up our Second Chances series. One of the things that we value here at our church is discipleship. It's raising up other leaders, and we do that on our teams and different ways that we serve. And today I'm excited that we get to do that with one of our staff. We get to do that with Pastor Tim. Pastor Tim gets to preach his very first message here with us this morning. Yes. So I want to encourage you guys today. Yes, that's what he needs as he's up here. He's going to do a great job. He's been working on this message for a while, and God has given him a word for, uh, to share with our church today. But I want to encourage you guys, lean in. Um, he's a funny guy, but if, even if you don't think it's funny, laugh at his jokes. Please. You know, like, just encourage him this morning. He's going to do great, um, but just give him some support this morning. Um, so I invite you guys to lean in. Um, but before he gets started, I want to invite you um, to join me in prayer for him and our time together this morning. God, I thank you for Pastor Tim and the word that you have given to him and the work that he has done to prepare this message for our church today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just give him your words, um, and I pray that you would just prepare our hearts for what you have to speak to us. Lord, the good news that you have for our church this morning through Tim. God, may we just listen. May we be prepared to receive the word that you have for us in this place. May your spirit fill this room this morning. May you give Tim peace, confidence, help him um, just know your words to share with us this morning. We invite you in, God. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, So, uh, as he said, my name is Tim. I'm one of the pastors here at Tekoa Church. And normally, uh, you, if you've been here before, you see me over in this corner over here leading worship. Um, with you all, but we had a really special worship service that was actually one of my favorites because my future wife was leading worship, which was just great. Um, I love that. <laughs> um, so if you don't know me, uh, I'm going to summarize kind of my overall personality very quickly. This is super over generalization of who I am, but um, I love music. I love God. I love cars and motorcycles, and I love cats. So I'm like, Manly man, but also, you know. (laughs) Um, But today is a rather special day for me because I get the chance to share a little bit of my story uh, with you all. And as of right now, I'm a pastor here on a stage, and I'm going to preach my heart out to you guys, and I'm super excited for that. But my life wasn't always like this. I wasn't always the type of person who could be up here on stage and, and preach the gospel to you guys. But... Um, so I have actually been in ministry for quite a while. Uh, I I think the first time I remember serving in a church was like running sound with my dad when I was like eight years old. Uh, and so I've been in ministry for a while, but, um, over the past tennis years, I've been in ministry off and on. And, um, I grew up in a Christian household. We had the standard, you know, Christian values growing up in a Christian household. Um, And we had this whiteboard in our kitchen. And uh, my sister wrote a quote on the whiteboard. 
And it was a great quote. It said, you're never so far from God that it isn't just one step back. That's just such a great quote, right? And the funny thing is, is that was our quote. And it was our quote for years because by the time we went to erase it from the whiteboard, it would not come off to the point where when we decided that it was, okay, this has been up there for like 10 years, we should probably take it out. We had to get rid of the whole whiteboard. Uh, we had to throw it away and buy a new one because we tried Expo, we tried Lysol wipes, we tried cleaner, nothing, nothing got that off the whiteboard. Um, and just like that whiteboard and how that truth for our family couldn't be erased, there's a truth for our lives that Jesus has put on there that also cannot be erased. And we're going to take a look at that today. So is there anyone out there who feels like maybe you've wasted part of your life? Is there anyone out there who feels like maybe God doesn't love you? Or maybe he does, but he's not happy with you? And it's going to take a while to rebuild that relationship. Maybe there's someone who feels like they've messed up on their spouse or have damaged a relationship with your kid or your parents or a friend. Maybe you're a student who's kind of falling behind. Well, if you resonated with any of these, just know it's never too late to turn things around. So the title of this sermon this morning is Jesus is Always Chasing After You. And I'm going to ask Pastor Austin to help me with something real quick because he's a little bit stronger than I am. And this is a rather big whiteboard. But just like our family's whiteboard, I wanted to have uh, our quote for this sermon time um, on this whiteboard here. And our quote, like I said, is Jesus is always chasing after you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so today, we're going to find ourselves in the book of Acts, and we're going to be taking a look at someone who has a rather special place in my heart. Um, and uh, so that person we're going to look at, we're going to look at Saul. And Saul is kind of like the gold standard of getting a second chance. You know, he, he uh, we, you know, we, we got to look at people getting a second chance to celebrate Passover. And we got to saw how David got plenty of chances. And we got to see how we shouldn't just settle for just a little bit better with our second chance, but we should be begging God for the miracles in our second chance. But today, we get to see a very practical example of getting your second chance. So, a little bit of context on Saul. Saul was a persecutor of the Christians. Uh, that means he was attacking them, he was arresting them, he was killing them in the name of Judaism and the Jewish leaders. And back then and all throughout the book of Acts, Christians were referred to as following the way. Not like in the Mandalorian where it's like, this is the way. But <laughs> back then it was like, we uh, are following the way. And so they were Jews who followed Jesus and believed that, Christ that Jesus was the way to salvation. And he died on the cross. But Saul did not believe in the teachings of Jesus. He did not believe in following the way. And so you can see how this would cause some disagreements between Christ's disciples and uh, Saul here. And so they were a little bit um, scared of him here. Um, and so we're going to look at Acts chapter 9. Um, we're going to start right at verse 1. And that is, uh, Meanwhile, 
Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found anyone who was there and belonged to the way, whether man or woman, he didn't discriminate, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Now, this was the type of in-your-face confrontation that would make a millennial cringe. All you millennials out there know exactly what I'm talking about. This was like confrontation. But this was an interesting spot where Jesus got to come in and make a correction and pave the way for a second chance. And this correction was actually so powerful, it actually blinded Saul. And he got to get the way paved for his second chance. And, uh, you know, spoiler alert, Saul takes a second chance. We'll, we'll just get that out of the way right now. You guys don't have to wonder if he did or not. He took a second chance. Um, but I said Saul's story was actually similar to my own. And that's why I chose Saul, because his story is just weirdly similar to mine. Um, but I, I want to get something out of the way also before we get, we get started. I have never killed anyone. Um, it's not that similar. It's not a mirror. You know, it, it, the concept is the same. Uh, I've never arrested anyone. I've never persecuted a Christian. Um, so I, you know, some of you might be sitting there just like, oh, what is he about to confess? No, none of that, none of that. Um, but I did want to share my story and show how it is similar and how God gave me my own Damascus journey. So, like I said earlier, I grew up in a Christian household. I was raised on Christian values. Um, we grew up in a little bit more of a conservative Christian church, but, you know, we all served from a young age. As, as far as I can remember, all of us served at a very young age. We were all in the worship bands, and my brother ended up being the youth pastor, and I was an intern for him, and then he moved away to go to Bible college so he could go be his own church planner, and so I took over as youth director when he left. And then sometime towards the end of high school, near after high school there, I fell away from Christ. I fell away, and there was a falling out at the old church that, that we were at. That's a whole story in itself, but I fell away from Christ, and I got some friends who were not in the church who led me to some very interesting spots. My, my parents are here, so this next part's going to be a little weird. I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> um, but I had some friends who led me into some interesting spots, and um, got into drinking, mom, sorry, got into smoking, got into some, some light drug use, um, nothing that ever crashed my life, but uh, just stuff I shouldn't have been involved in, and I was just not in a good place. I really wasn't. Uh, I ended up getting depressed. I ended up getting angry, just so angry all the time, and I was not in a good place. And then one day, I vividly remember this memory. We were, or I was, in our downstairs room. Our house has kind of three levels, and like the, it's a split-level house, and the lower level was kind of like a family room. We had a TV and a comfy chair called the Big Red Chair. 
my parents know exactly what I'm talking about. It was our big red chair, exactly what it sounds like. So I was sitting in there reclining, watching TV, and I was falling asleep. And then someone comes up and puts their hand on my shoulder and says, are you ready to come home? And uh, I got up and was terrified <laughs> because uh, I thought I was in the room alone. And I looked around, and I was. But not only was I in the room alone, I was in the house alone. No one else was in that house. And once I realized that, I went from terrified to comforted because I knew exactly what just happened. I knew that the Lord came and gave me my own Damascus journey. He came in to make a correction and to pave the way for my second chance. So now you can probably understand why Saul's conversion in this story of going to Damascus is so personal to me. It's a testament on how not only everyone can get a second chance, but how God is always chasing after us. God was always chasing after me, even though I turned away. And at times, deconstructing my faith in the Bible, I slammed his name. How many friends can you think of that you called them out to their face and you slammed them and you insulted them and they were still coming after you, wanting to be friends with you again? There's not many people like that, but Jesus is always like that. And later on in Saul's story, we see Jesus chasing him in another way. We see Jesus send a disciple named uh, Ananias to find Saul and heal him of his blindness. Because remember, that correction that Jesus did was so powerful, it blinded Saul. So we're going to find ourselves, same chapter, but we're going to skip over to verse 17. It says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. Now, that word immediately is important, and we'll come back to that. But Saul just got to be a part of one of Jesus' miracles. He was blind. Ananias came up to him and touched him, and something like scales fell off his eyes, and he was able to see again. He was just able to be a part of the miracles. And so Jesus had a plan for Saul. And Saul was clearly not living up to that plan. In fact, quite the opposite. <laughs> but Jesus chased after him anyway and changed his life. Saul was a Jew, and by society standards, he was a good Jew, but he, he was not great in Jesus' standards, and he was attacking other Jews and Christians, but he had a second chance, and Jesus was chasing after him. So let's say this now. If you're a Christian, and you've walked away like I did, Jesus is chasing after you. If you've messed up, Jesus is ch ch still chasing after you. If you've never followed him before, Jesus is chasing after you. Jesus is always chasing after you because you're never so far from God that it's not just one step back. Sometime uh, last week when I was kind of preparing for this uh, sermon, I was scrolling on Instagram and there's kind of this weird thing where if you're a pastor and you have an Instagram account, there's like a certain amount of pastors that you follow. Uh, and so there's this pastor called Rich um, Valetas. I never say that right. Um, but he had this amazing quote that really stuck out to me. And it said, uh, in the gospel of Luke, the prodigal son doesn't return to the father because of some renewed love. 
He comes back simply to survive because he ran out of money and he's starving. And his father is perfectly fine with that. Just come home. God wants you home. Church, this is so true. Everyone gets a second chance. Everyone gets a third chance. Everyone gets a fourth, fifth, sixth, as many chances as you need. God just wants you to come home. There's nothing you can do, nothing, to make Jesus stop chasing you. So I've kind of thought back to my family's old whiteboard, and the more I kind of thought about that, the more I understood that just like that quote was written on that whiteboard forever, and it would not come off, it's in a landfill somewhere still with that quote on it. This message right here can't be erased from our lives. We may take this and we may cross this out. We may put Jesus's maybe never, I wrote that fast, never. We may like do whatever. But the thing is, is this truth can never be erased from our lives. Because just like that whiteboard, if we put whatever on there, and once you erase it, the message is still the same. Jesus is always chasing after you. Look, I'm going to, you can't erase that. Because this is a truth in our lives that is constant. No matter what we do, Jesus is always chasing after us. And that can never be erased. And church, just like God wasn't done with Saul, just like God wasn't done with me, God's not done with you. He's not done with you. And there's nothing you can do to make Jesus stop chasing you. Maybe you're coming back. You're willing to give Jesus that yes. And that's amazing. We want to celebrate with you. We want to pray with you. We want to be with you through this journey. We have this cool 10-minute hangout that's just a part of our service because community is so important to us. And if you want to make that choice, let us know. We'll pray with you. And we'll celebrate with you. But if you take a look back at the passage The first thing Saul did immediately, remember that word, immediately, it was important. The first thing he did when he was saved and converted is he got baptized. So maybe you're thinking about what's the next step for me? We'll take this as a sign. Church, we are praying for baptisms. We are praying for miracles to happen. And I believe that this will happen. I believe we'll have baptisms because these types of miracles have happened to me. Now, there's another point I want to make here because I can, already, I can already feel it. There's some people sitting there saying, well, Pastor Tim, I'm not running from Jesus. I'm firmly planted here. I'm good. You know what? That's great. That's actually, that, that's not sarcasm. That's great. Um, but don't worry. I'm coming for you too. See, Saul had two people in his life that helped him correct his path. And without them, he might have never been where he was. We heard about Ananias and how he was scared to go heal Paul. But uh, let's go into the text and figure out why he was so scared. Um, We're going to go over to, to verse 13 where it says, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. He has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name 
to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. The Lord said, go. Ananias listened. He was obedient and he helped lead Saul back to the right path. He did this even though he was scared. So kind of putting this in a little bit more of a modern context here, um, this, might someone, this might be someone who he firmly disagrees with. This might be someone with completely different political views on the opposite side of the spectrum, and he still said yes. Now, there's a, there's a story I want to share, and it's a little bit dark, so bear with me, but it paints a really clear picture. Uh, there's someone named Corrie Ten Boom. Her and her family were Jewish people in a concentration camp. And she witnessed her family killed right in front of her. And long after the war ended, she was in Berlin, and one of the guards that was at that camp with her remembered her and came up to her. And he said, I have found Jesus, and I know that the Bible says that I can get forgiveness, but I've been praying for a chance to seek forgiveness from one of my own victims. Picture that for a second. Picture being in a horrific place, like a concentration camp, and one of the guards who played a part in your family's slaughter and all the pain comes up to you and asks for forgiveness. Picture this for a minute. She knew that she did not have the power to forgive this man, but she knew Jesus wanted her to. So she did. She understood that it was part of what he needed for his path to redemption. See, I hope this paints a clear picture on how there is nothing we can do to make Jesus stop chasing us. There's always a second chance. There's always a path to redemption. There is another one who helped Saul out. Um, see, after Saul was converted, and through a little bit of storytelling later on, we see once he's converted, he's actually called Paul instead of Saul. But after he was converted, uh, Jesus' disciples were not convinced. <laughs> they weren't. Uh, they were scared of Saul, so much so that they actually full-on rejected him. They said, nope, uh, <laughs> nice try. Uh, I don't want anything to do with you. Uh, go away. I know what you're capable of. Please don't. But um, there was a man named Barnabas who was looking out for him, and he was able to convince the others that he really did change. So we're going to skip over to verse 26 now. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles, and he told them how Saul on his journey had been seen, has seen the Lord, and the Lord has spoken to him. And in Damascus, he preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved freely around Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. See, he was rejected until Barnabas came and said, no, 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 I've seen what this man has done. There is no... There is no doubt that he has been converted. <clears throat> See, Barnabas and Ananias got to be a part of Jesus' miracles, and they got to help guide someone back, just like we get to. Church, we get to be a part of Jesus' miracles. That's my second point this morning. We get to be a part of Jesus' miracles. So, church, if I, if I can, I want to continue my story here. 
because it wasn't over. After Jesus came to me and asked if I was ready to come home, I was, and I did. But I was lost. I got back into church, and there's some people there who knew what I was doing and who knew what my life was. And they see me in church, and they're just like, uh, are you serious? Like, what? What's up with this guy? I, I just saw you like a few months ago, like, smoking weed. What are you doing? <laughs> but I have a few people to thank for getting me back on the right path. Some people who know exactly what they have done. Some people who have no idea the impact they had on my life. People who gave me a shot, put me in leadership, guided me, mentored me. And I got back into ministry, and people were skeptical about me until they saw other testaments, and they saw how my life was actually changed. And after that, I devoted my whole life to building the kingdom. Not too long later, God gave me a clear and defined mission to reach those who are unchurched, or those who reject church as a whole. And now, I'm standing here, preaching on this stage, Because of a vision God gave me and a few people who stepped out and mentored me back to the right path. And now, to this day, I'm here at Tekoa Church. I found my purpose. And I'm living out God's calling for me. Jesus is always chasing after us. He is not done with us. There's a song that we sing called My Testimony. One of the lines is, if I'm not dead, he's not done. That's true. He's never done with us. The darker the night gets is when the light shines the brightest. So many people feel like they have wasted their lives and missed their purpose. But church, let me tell you something. It is never too late for Jesus to bring purpose back into your life. If you feel like maybe you're not a Paul, Maybe you're not like me, and maybe you don't hear God's voice. Maybe God doesn't talk to you. I want to tell you this morning that you're wrong. God is always speaking. It just may look a little bit different to you. Church, how many in here are parents? Show of hands. How many people have kids? How many people, if you don't have kids, have watched a little kid, been in charge of a little kid, made sure they don't die? (laughs) So let me paint a picture for you. You're in maybe your front yard, maybe a friend's front yard. And you're out there playing. You're having a good time. You know, the kid is out there doing his thing. He's playing, all that. And then the kid decides that it would just be a genius idea to look and bolt into the middle of the street. And it's a busy street, you know. Wouldn't you chase after that kid like you've never chased anything before? No! Like run and go get that kid to keep him from going out into the street. Well, we're going to look at a little verse in uh, Galatians here that can kind of complete this picture for us here. The verse is, it's uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. This says, you are all children. Now think about that kid who is just bolting out into the middle of the street. And think of how recklessly you would chase this kid to keep him from hurting themselves. That's how God chases us all the time. 
Because let's face it, when we do life alone, we are just like that kid who runs into the middle of the street. But luckily, we have God. We have Jesus who's always chasing us. And he will keep us from running into the middle of the street. See, when Galatians says we are all children of God, that means we are all children of God. And I got a little fancy. I looked up the Greek uh, translation here and, and looked at the exact word for word translation, which goes something like, for all four sons of God you are through faith. Guess what? That's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. That's how important this is. That's how much this point is driving into us through the Bible. We are all children of God, and Jesus is always chasing after us. See, picture what our lives would look like if there's always someone who is ready to just like, nope, don't go into that street. You'll get hit. <laughs> a life with more dreams. A life with more plans. A life with more blessings. But we have to be ready to take our second chance. And for those of you who already did, we can't lose our faith. God made us promises that we can't even see yet. Just because you haven't seen anything miraculous in your life doesn't mean you won't. You're just not ready to see or it just hasn't happened yet. See, if it wasn't for Barnabas and Ananias, Paul probably would have never been healed and never been fully accepted by the disciples. And if it wasn't for those people in my life, I would have still been lost. I would not be here today. I can tell you that for a fact. And yes, God has a plan and it will always push through, but that's not the point I'm trying to make this morning. The point I'm trying to make is that Ananias and Barnabas were obedient to what God was telling him to do. So for those of you who can't relate to Paul, try to relate to Ananias, who seeked out Paul and healed him and equipped him for bold ministry, even though it was someone he did not like. For those of you who can't relate to Paul, try to relate to Barnabas, who was there witnessing Paul's passion and shared that story with the others so that he could do it even more. Because just like how this whiteboard won't erase, there's a truth that won't erase from our lives. That truth is Jesus is always chasing after you. And we get to be a part of the amazing miracles. So I'm going to proclaim this for myself, church. And I'm going to pro pro proclaim this for us. Jesus, send me. I'll go anywhere. God gave me a second chance. And if I get to be a part of the miracle of someone else's second chance, send me. I'll go anywhere. And if you're in a situation where you feel like God doesn't speak to you because you've never heard this audible voice, right here, right now, this is God speaking to you through me, saying he is not done with you. He is always chasing after us. Come home. Don't lose your hope. Don't give up on him. Do not give up on Jesus because there is always so much more. Now I'm going to wrap up, so I'm going to invite the band up. Uh, and one thing I want to mention is that Paul accepted his second chance. 
He understood that Jesus was the one true way to salvation. And he believed that Jesus was the Son of God and the Messiah. He died on the cross and was resurrected, and now the Holy Spirit lives in us. See, Jesus was perfect and sinless, and he died so he could take all of our sins. And because he believed this, his life was changed forever. He gets eternity with the Creator. And the good news is, we don't need to be blinded to get there. We don't need to go on a crazy journey to get there. We have our chance right here, right now. We have our chance. All we have to do is accept that we're sinners, accept that Jesus is our Savior, that He died on the cross and resurrected, and devote our lives to following Him. And guess what? We're home. So I want to pray right now. And if anyone wants to accept their second chance or maybe even pray this prayer for the first time, I want you to pray with me. Jesus, I thank you for always chasing after us. This is us accepting our second chance. Thank you for your never-ending love. We accept that we are sinners. And we accept that you died on the cross and came back from the grave. And we accept that you're the pathway to salvation. We devote our lives to following you and we promise not to give up on you. Amen. If you prayed that this morning for the first time or maybe for a second or third or fourth time, we're so happy for you. We're so happy that you decided to rededicate your life or to dedicate it for the first time. We'd love to hear about it. We'll have a chance in, uh, later on for our team to pray for you and to just celebrate with you. Um, and we just thank you. Remember, church, there's nothing, nothing you can do to make Jesus stop chasing you because Jesus is always chasing after you. Thank you for joining us on the Tekoa Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and let God do the work only he can do. We hope it helped you wherever you are at in your faith journey. We want to connect with you if you're going through something difficult or looking to be a part of our church community. Fill out the Tekoa card on our connect page, tekoachurch.org connect. While there, you can also see the most up-to-date information in the life of our church. A special thank you to those of you who give to Tekoa. Your sacrifice makes this podcast and our Sunday gatherings possible, as well as creates life change throughout the world. You can be a part of this by going to tekoachurch.org giving. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Until next time, blessings.